Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on the third Sunday after the Epiphany. A few announcements before worship. Uh, first, as a reminder, that newsletter articles are due today. So if you have anything that needs to go in the newsletter, make sure that gets in. So a reminder that Bible study will continue on Wednesday at 7. So even if you haven't joined us yet, you're more than welcome to, to dive in with us as we look at 1 Thessalonians. Uh, and then upcoming, just to mark your calendar, remember that February 13th is Shrove Tuesday, so we will again have our pancake supper that evening, so February the 13th, and then the 14th, of course, is Ash Wednesday. We will have our service on the 14th at 7 with Holy Communion and with the imposition of ashes, so please make sure your calendar is marked for those two dates. Are there any other announcements that you have or any prayer requests that you have today? Right. Well, not seeing any, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will, and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, 
I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Almighty God, by grace alone you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your Spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Jonah. 
the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. The word of the Lord. We'll read responsively Psalm 62. For God alone I wait in silence. Truly my help is in God. God alone is my rock and my salvation. My strongholds so that I shall never be shaken. In God is my deliverance and my honor. God is my strong rock and my refuge. Those of high degree are but a fleeting breath. Those of low estate cannot be trusted. Placed on the scales together, they weigh even less than a breath. God has spoken once, twice I have heard it. That power belongs to God. reading from 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they have none, and those who mourn as though they were not in mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. I like you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we hear from the word this morning, for the present form of this world is passing away. And we hear that the appointed time has grown short. The world is ending. The world as we know it is not eternal. Instead, we're taught through scripture that God has a different scheme for us in eternity. And the challenge put before us by the Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is to begin to consider the Christian life with an eternal perspective. To consider the eternal perspective is always the call put before the Christian. 
And more than ever, and you and I, I believe, know this to be true, more than ever, we have shortened attention spans. Right? Many of us have been so conditioned to get quick information, getting quickly entertained, getting quickly distracted by some kind of screen in front of us, that we surely do not commit a whole lot of time to the eternal. Almost 40 years ago, Neil Postman wrote that we had become a culture that was amusing ourselves to death because every living room and every classroom had a television set. And so I can't imagine what commentary Postman would have on the state of how we amuse ourselves in 2024, but I'm not going to lecture everyone this morning on the problems of technology, but I wanna point out that we have all become experts in distraction and being distracted. We continue, as is our nature, to love what is new, to love what is quick, what is transient, what is temporal. And having become experts in distraction and having set our hearts so much on things that are temporal, we often struggle a great deal to consider life through the lens of eternity. But perhaps then the words of the apostle will become all the more important for us this morning. And notice in the reading in 1 Corinthians 7, the things that the apostle lifts up in our reading. He lifts up marriage, mourning, rejoicing, and purchasing, or business. And these are all things that consume our lives in this world. <clears throat> and these are not things that are bad by any means. But they are parts of this world that take the most attention in this life. When we're married, our life changes. No matter what happens, we are linked to another person for the rest of our lives. Our most important attention, our most private space is given to our spouse, and they deserve that attention because they are one with us in this life. And those who actively mourn, in that moment of mourning, in that time of mourning, they really can feel nothing else, but they sense deeply their grief. And for those who mourn, their grief consumes them. It's near them, it sits on them, they're closed in by it. And likewise, those who rejoice in their moment of rejoicing feel nothing but joy in their heart. Wherever they go, they walk lightly and joyfully. And those who are consumed with business, with purchasing, buying things, food, clothes, shelter, transportation, whatever it is, it becomes the reason to get up in the morning, right? Buying things is the reason we go to work each day. And we dedicate significant time and energy in order to buy things in this world and to survive and thrive. And none of this is bad. None of these things are bad. Marriage, mourning, rejoicing, buying, all are common human experiences and all good human experiences. And Paul's not telling us here to revoke them. He's not saying to leave your spouse and sell everything and move to the desert and meditate on the end of the world for the rest of your life. But Paul, however, is giving us a sober reminder a reminder that not one of these things is eternal. They're not permanent. They will all pass. There is no question, of course, that the entertainment we find on TV or what we're scrolling through on our phone screens is temporary. Right? You all know that browsing Facebook or whatever, or watching your favorite cable news show, is not meant to be an eternal endeavor. But the apostle reminds us that neither is marriage an eternal endeavor, although it is a great gift in this life. Mourning is not eternal. Celebration in this life is not eternal. Worries about food, about economics, about finance, none of that is eternal. All of these things in life will pass. And so we are reminded that in the midst of this temporal world, we are eternal creatures. The order of things as they are now is not the eternal order of things. And so we look to Christ to be our hope in that reality. Right? As eternal beings in a temporary world, we hold on to Christ as our sure foundation. Because Christ took on flesh himself, he entered into this order of the world. He mourned like us, he rejoiced like us. He was caught up in business and purchased food and clothes and shelter like us. He worked a job like us and he came under the curse of the law, which is death, by taking the sin of this world. 
But Christ, being resurrected and being ascended, has confirmed for us there's a greater eternal reality for us. That the things of this world are not our reasons for being. And so for the Christian, we learn that the greatest gift we have is the promise of the eternal blessing, which is ours by faith. The states of this world are not our hope. Our spouse is the most important person in this life for us, but they're not our eternal hope. Our emotional states are important to understand and consider, but no emotional state in this world will last forever. Having property, having financial assets can be good and necessary in this world, but these things are only significant in this life and not in the next. And so in our world of distractions and materialism, we ought not to get caught up in the lie that this world is all there is. And that's the warning that St. Paul's giving us this morning. There is more than the material. We must not devote so much time and energy to the things passing away that we forget our eternal home. And instead, we ought to behave as guests in this world, as pilgrims. We cling to nothing in this world so tightly that we give it our reason for being, that we give it our hope and our faith and our trust. We reserve that for Christ alone. And so this is going to register differently in different sets of years. Because some of us will necessarily hear this as a warning of the law. And it can be that. Right? Don't get too attached to the stuff of this world. Don't be materialistic. Don't make idols out of things. Don't make idols out of people. Don't make idols out of your relationships. All of those things are temporary. And if you put your hope and trust in them, you will find that these things will let you down. And so there is that warning there that we heed. But for others, I hope that in these words you hear the word of the gospel. Because whatever difficult state you find yourself in right now, is not your eternal identity. Your worries about finances cease with this life. Your broken relationships will be relationships which are reconciled and healed in the next. Your heartache in this life will be mended in eternity. Your grief will be no more in eternity. Your failures do not follow you into eternity. And so uh, however you hear this exhortation to look to eternity, Make Christ central to it all. Because in Christ, your eternity is good news. And in fact, in Christ, eternity is the best news. Because for his sake, every sin in this world in which you played a part is forgiven. He has secured salvation for you in eternity. He has taken away the eternal sting of death and judgment for you. And he has promised to present you to God the Father as righteous and holy. When Simon, Peter, and Andrew received the call of Christ, they dropped what was temporary to receive what was eternal. Likewise, James and John left their boats and their nets. They left their father and their workers, and they received the gospel that Jesus had for them. Because they knew that Christ had an eternal gift for them. And so they dropped it all, everything that was going to pass from this world, to get close to Christ. And the gospel is given to us, that story is given to us, not as a call to drop everything, not as a call to quit your business, to sell your possessions, but as a reminder that Christ is the true good news of this world. It's not found in your business. It's not primarily found in your family. It's not found in the things that will pass from this life. It is found in Christ alone. And Psalm 62 reminds us that God alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, so that I shall never be shaken. Our hope is in the one who will not be shaken. Our hope is in eternity. And as Christians, we live with an eternal perspective because the eternal perspective is the promise of eternity with Christ our Savior. That is our good news. That is what we hold on to. And that is our unshakable foundation. Amen.
to stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you desire not the death of a sinner, but that all would repent and believe in the gospel. In the epiphany of your Son, your time of salvation and your kingdom have come near. As this world passes away, give faithfulness and urgency to your church to proclaim the gospel of our God to all people. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of the harvest, as you called Simon, Peter, and Andrew, James, and John to follow you and made them fishers of men, so send faithful preachers of your gospel in our time. Increase the spirit of generosity to all who support the missionaries, seminaries, colleges, and other institutions of our church for the spread of the gospel and the service of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal Lord, in view of every current distress as the present form of this world passes away, give constancy and commitment to your people and their God-given vocations. Give comfort and faithfulness to the married and strengthen them to pass on the faith to the next generation. Show kindness also to the unmarried and assure them of the holiness of their place in life, that they would be freed from anxiety and attend to you in body and spirit. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, preserve our nation with its rulers. Call to repentance those who have forgotten you. Spare Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, and all who serve for the good of this people. Do not let disaster befall us, but preserve us in peace and quietness. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, turn us from every distracting anxiety and the dealings of this world that would draw our hearts away from you. Give us confidence in the resurrection and the peace of a clean conscience by the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. And now graciously behold and help those for whom we pray, especially Judy, Tammy, Charlie, Jane, Don, Linda, Nancy, Wayne, Doit, Jim, Brian, Marilyn, Joanne, Tony, Carolyn, and Carol. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, in your holy sacrament, you deliver the gospel proclaimed by your Son and won by his death and his true body and blood. Work repentance and faith in all who commune this morning and unite them in a sincere confession of your truth. Lord, in your mercy. To all of these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant to us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again, and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, almighty, and merciful God, you are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to us disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. We give thanks. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.